0: Today's podcast episode is sponsored by the Afterlife Awareness Conference. The Afterlife Conference will be virtual again this year in 2021, and we hope you'll join us online June 24th through the 27th. As we have done for the last 11 years, we unite the disciplines in exploring the survival of consciousness after death, offering wisdom from hospice professionals, physicians, mediums, shamans scholars and counselors who share a deep understanding of death and beyond this year we are honored to have dr robert thurman a worldwide authority on indo-tibetan buddhism as our keynote speaker he'll be teaching us how to die like a tibetan buddhist and is also offering a workshop on buddhist cosmology We are also proud to feature returning scholar Dr. Ken Doka, senior consultant to the Hospice Foundation of America, who will talk about the mystical experiences of the dying, and Dr. Jeff Black, a psychiatrist who is also a shamanic practitioner who works with ritual practices for death and bereavement. In addition, we have general sessions addressing everything from music phantology and death doula work to ancestral healing practices and grief support and there are continuing education credits available for licensed professionals visit our website at afterlifeconference.com for all the details we look forward to seeing you there hi and thanks for tuning in to the path 11 podcast i am your host april hannah Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Now, I know all of you are aware that the Sacred Sexual Music Festival is has now ended. Um, we had the live version, the live stream, April 16th, 17th, and 18th of 2021. It was amazing and awesome. Path 11 Productions helped to produce it. And I have a guest that we couldn't get on before the festival because our schedule was just packed. But I had the chance to actually watch her yoga session. She brought such a beautiful element to the festival and the sacred sexual music festival now has replays so we have um, tickets for sale for 129 dollars you can watch the entire festival it's three days and uh, the replays are good until august 1st so you have three months to watch this and um, i'm so excited to introduce you to nicole ward also known as guru karam kawar how, okay, you say it. <laughs> How Guru do I pronounce it? It's Guru Karam Kar. Guru Karam Kar. There we go. Also known as Nicole, Uh, she is a passionate and powerful emotional wellness educator, kundalini yoga teacher trainer, and Yoga Alliance continuing education provider, serving the San Francisco Bay Area since 2002. So she's a graceful healer and is a trusted source in personal development with her work in self-worth and healing the wounds of life. She leads immersions, retreats, and workshops throughout the US and has been doing this for nearly 20 years. Now she was also teaching us at the festival how sacred sexual healing can develop sensuality and intimacy by removing our blocks and giving and receiving of pleasure. So it was wonderful to watch the yoga session that you provided, the education. She had rocking music and she played a little game where we had to guess. And uh, I was able to identify that one of the songs, I didn't realize it, but it was the original Shaka Khan song written by Prince. So I just um, loved your your yoga class and practice presentation. It was just such a nice element and addition to the festival. So welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your background, because uh, the majority of your presentation really was getting people's bodies ready and open and flexible to receive. But uh, your presentation wasn't so much about yoga or teaching yoga or some of the purpose and passion that you have in your life that you have on your website. And I know that you teach classes. So why don't you give my audience a little more of your background and how you became this yoga teacher?
1: Okay. Let's see where to begin. I was born a poor black child. Uh, that's from the jerk Steve Martin. Sorry. <laughs> so my passion for yoga and um, the way it's developed into my current practice has been a lifelong journey as I'm sure you've heard that, that tale before. Um, my work around self-worth and healing wounds stems from my own experience with healing the wounds of my life story. And as I learned about yoga, I first learned about yoga when I was 26 years old, I think maybe 25, 26, and I was angry that someone hadn't told me about this before. That I said, you had yoga this whole time and no one told me and you haven't fixed everything yet? So when I first found yoga, um, it instantly became the tool that I was desperately seeking in the world um, to connect on all levels with myself. And it really gave me a lot of the tools that I needed to take that healing journey. So I became at first a um, Hatha yoga therapy student. And I finished my first certification in that in 2001 with integrative yoga therapy. Joseph and Lillian LePage are fantastic. Um, I trained for a very long time with um, Ashtanga yoga teacher, Larry Schultz, who is now passed from It's Yoga San Francisco. And um, after that, I still had anxiety. I still had depression and I was working very hard at my yoga practice. I was very dedicated. And um, then one day I was in a car accident and it took away my physical yoga practice for a year. Mm, Wow. And I loved my yoga practice. Lucky for me, I met some kundalini yogis who told me there's another way to practice You can just shift your attention to another angle of this. And they taught me some stuff. And um, before you know it, I was in Kundalini Yoga training. And so I finished that Kundalini Yoga training in about 2008. And it gave me some additional tools that I needed when my physical body wasn't present for me. And so years go by. And uh, in my 40s, I... um, decided that it's never too late to finish what you started. And I went back and finished my um, power yoga certification with a wonderful instructor who is now a PhD teacher at the UC Berkeley Theology um, System. His name is Kojin Bohannik. And um, I learned a lot of fantastic, amazing things from him. A lot of good Sanskrit too. Um, and finished my uh, power yoga training in my 40s. So it's not just the kundalini that I'm bringing to my classes, although that is a very powerful element of it, and a primary one. But I'm also bringing yoga therapy. I'm also bringing the power tools of Ashtanga and what we call Virya yoga. Um, And then today, it's Yoga and all these different yogas and meditation, I want to stress that yoga is the setup for meditation, right? So really we're talking about the body of meditation for me especially, but both of these practices have built me to be so wonderfully strong and have such good tools in my spiritual backpack that I feel now I can support others. And so that's where I put my passion now is supporting others in their journey on all levels, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, bliss, awakening, whatever level it is experientially, I'm here to support and serve.
0: Wonderful. So I'm curious to know, because I've never had a Kundalini teacher actually on the podcast. And you know, I see in my local yoga studios, um, you know, they're always offering yoga teacher training. And then one of my best friends became a Kundalini yoga teacher. And it was, I believe when she was pregnant with her first child. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I remember she, we haven't really talked much about it, about like, what is that? But I know that there was chanting and she'd always wear white when she would go and you yeah, know, this cool. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, what is the difference? What's the difference between becoming like a yoga teacher and taking the 200 hour training. And then, like you said, Kundalini yoga clearly opened up an avenue for you when your physical body wasn't able maybe to do Um, other types of yoga but I don't really understand what kundalini yoga is and the the only times I've really have heard the word kundalini is usually when people are talking about this kundalini experience and something that travels up the spine and there's usually this grand awakening of what people see and feel and then their spiritual path explodes and it sounds blissful and amazing I have not had a kundalini rising experience I don't know if I take a kundalini yoga class if that will happen. So educate us a little bit on, you know, maybe what the word kundalini means and what is kundalini yoga.
1: I am happy to make you all experts today. Okay, great. (laughs) The word, let's start with um, the word kundalini. A kundal is a coil and the word comes from a lock of Krishna's hair. You know, those beautiful curls that you see in the mane of those Good looking lions out there. That is a kundal. So it means to coil. Kundalini is like the um, verb, coil. Unco- it means uncoiling. So what you're doing is uncoiling what is referred to as your potential. But here's the way it was explained to me best you are like a rose. And like a rose, you have the potential to blossom and to be as beautiful and fragrant as you possibly can be, and then some. You do not need anyone's permission. You do not need someone to come and pat you on the back and say, good job. You can do all of this because it is in your essence. It is in your potential. And like the rose, you're blossoming. That is what Kundalini Yoga is trying to do. It's trying to help you blossom, to open, to become fragrant and as beautiful as you possibly can be, and then some. So, the word Kundalini comes from coil, the lock of Krishna's hair. And the Kundalini practice is to uncoil what is said to be dormant right? And it's said that this energy base lives at the base of our spine, right? that that's the power center of it. So for Kundalini Yogis, um, you'll often hear me say, the map is not the territory. And so I'll teach you different maps of the body according to energetic science right a lot of you know the chakras and please don't say chakra to me it's chakra okay good to know <laughs> good to know it's chakra and these these chakras right are part of the energy map of the body right we have like carl jung did the um you know psychological map archetypes of the brain and the personality right well yoga brings energy mapping, but we have other maps as well. We have what are called the prana values, the airs of the body, right? So the ways that energy moves through us, when you feel sadness, it gravitates to a certain place in you. When you feel joy, it gravitates to a certain place in you. When you're thinking really hard, it gravitates. These energy systems, people have been aware of them for a long time, map them out, and given that map to you as a tool, and it's just one of the many tools that I, as a teacher and a trainer, use when I'm helping you to understand how your energy flows and moves. And it's kind of like dancing. If I was teaching you to dance and you only knew how to move your right foot, right? I got to teach you how to move your left and swing your hips and your shoulders. And so it's the same thing I'm doing in Kundalini yogism teaching you about using your energy body as a part of your practice. A lot of times this gets skipped over in um, Hatha, Ashtanga, many of um, what are all classified under the Hatha yogas, um, the physical-based yogas as Westerners look at it. And this is just because of the way systems are taught over time. In that system, traditionally, You would do physical discipline work first and then graduate to breath work, then graduate to my Kundalini yoga. We throw everything at you at the same time. So, for me, in a lot of ways, it was about access to information, access to those meditations, access to those breath works, access to those other physical sequences. I wanted diversity and access. Can you hear me out there, people? (laughs) So that's really, I hope that answers the question for right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you touch upon um, something too that maybe we can have a discussion about. Before I actually sat in front of um, Sadhguru, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Sadhguru. Sadhguru. Yes. Yeah. Um, I always looked at yoga more as exercise and uh i took his inner engineering training and i went down to philly to see him for a full weekend and being in his presence was like phenomenal i was a changed being but um through his teachings i came to learn that westerners we have tended to kind of turn yoga into this exercise to become more flexible stretch get your workout in and studying through him it really showed me and what he always says is yoga is a way of life and that you know india has been studying the body and really understanding the mechanism of it and how yoga in the way that he you know talks about it. he doesn't really teach yoga per se I know that they do at his um center what I took wasn't so much about yoga it was um, more about this inner engineering program but it's that my understanding is is that they have studied the human body for so long in the organs and these poses that the poses in yoga are really to try to give you optimal health in making this vehicle move in the best possible way, and Sadhguru would use an example of you know these high race cars, high octane race cars that you see at NASCAR. You're not going to put like unleaded fuel in a gas tank of that type of vehicle. You are going to you know put the best type of fuel. You're going to drain the oil in a couple of different ways, and then that ca- that race car can run at the best possible level. Now, if you put unleaded gas in there and you use regular oil. The The car will still run, but it's not going to go as fast and it probably won't last as long. And so he was really talking about the intricacies of the body where, sure, we could put sugar into our body, we can eat um, carbs and do all this, but if you really want to enhance the way that the physical body can move in the world, like these are some, this is the better oil to use and this is the better gas to use. And then he also linked... You know, the yoga poses, it's like, this isn't about exercise. This is a way of life. And this is the way that you can optimize the physical body, putting mm. yourself in these poses. So I do feel like more conversations about really what yoga is, um, is, is more about that. And I see your you thumbs are up
1: touching and... on some really juicy stuff here. Let me just add a little bit of shine to that vehicle. Yes. I learned this teaching as many of us see ourselves as driving a Toyota. That's what they see this human body as, right? Four cylinder, you know, you get in it, you push the gas, it goes, it gets you from A to B, but that's it, right? And so some people will use better gas. Sure, they'll buff and shine it, but they still see it as a Toyota. In yoga, we're taught that... This vehicle is a Lamborghini, 2021 hot off the shelf, 2030 model in your favorite color. How many of us even know how many gears a Lamborghini has? Do you know? I have no idea. No. It has 12.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay.
1: And it's easier for a woman to drive it than a man. Do you know why?
0: because our brains are interconnected and probably can figure out the mechanism. Oh, that's that. so
1: sexist of you. I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's because our feet are smaller. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the gas in a sports car, the pedals are closer together because everything's compact. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's easier for a woman or a small person to get in there and maneuver, but you got 12 years. How many of us, one, even know how to drive stick and two know how to drive 12 gears and a Lamborghini. And so we walk around treating this like, and by the way, I do drive a Toyota Camry. So that's the joke. (laughs) But we walk around treating this like it's a Toyota Camry when we don't even understand that we have a Lamborghini. And so you could put the best gas in a Camry, but if you still don't know how to drive, you're going to mess it up, right? So Kundalini Yoga is... The skill of what, I, when I teach it and all of yoga, not just kundalini, I want to wipe that part out. All of yoga is what I say, learning how to drive. A lot of us know the eight limb path of Patanjali, right? The first four steps teach you about the vehicle. The, the yamas, right, is about restraint. That's your brake pedal. And if you don't know about your brake, I'm sure not going to teach you about the gas, Right? You gotta know the brake first. That's why Yama control comes first on the limbs. And then we teach you niyama, the gas pedal. But just because you know the pedals doesn't mean I'm giving you the keys. Right? So steps three and four, right? Asana and pranayama are now you get to sit in the driver's seat. That's asana means seat or cushion, does not mean pose, means seat. Okay, you put your as on the seat. (laughs) <laughs> right. And then pranayama is the gas, right? Pran pranayama. And notice it has yama, the control, because you got to control the gas. You don't just get to uh, right. But just because you know how to get in the car, sit in the seat, push the brake in the gas, still doesn't mean you have any idea where we're going or how to keep your eyes on the road. This is step five, six, seven, eight. Five, six, seven, eight. Five takes you. Inside the car, six puts hands on the wheel, eyes on the road, and seven and eight demands that you know where we're going and that you give me a good ride,
0: hmm.
1: right? Samadhi is bliss. If you would take me to the beach and it's just, you know, the whole time, <laughs> that's not samadhi, right? So I call all of yoga learning how to drive, learning how to drive this unbelievable machinery is just putting it down, right? Magical school bus that we are that we are encapsulated in.
0: Wow. Awesome. That was such a cool way. Swear to God, we didn't even have this planned. I didn't, I told her, I have no questions. We're just going to, you know, see what this conversation is like. And of course, Sadhguru's example of the car came to mind. I had no idea that you had it broken up into the eight. And what. It was so, it's so easy to learn that way, you know, as you break it down and really kind of give this as a metaphor. And maybe he does that too. I'm not sure, but that was These metaphors
1: awesome. are actually um, more common in India. Okay. And when we teach these lessons, not me in India. I'm here, right? but we do what's called unpacking them. So often you'll hear the same types of metaphors for the same concepts um, passed along. So somewhere Sadhguru and I shared in the metaphor. Yeah, it, it handed itself. It made its way to me. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, yes, it does. Awesome, so cool. So I know that we have a lot of podcast listeners in the California area. Um, so can you just let our listeners know and for those uh, people who live close to you, like where are you teaching? Are you in person right now? You know, as we're kind of, things are shifting a little bit more with the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I'd love for you to let people know where they can find you on your website in the classes that you're offering. So Oh,
1: thank you so much for this promo op. So you can find all of the information about me that you want at www.yogawithnicole.org because it takes a village. And I am currently only teaching in person with about 400 of Petaluma's finest kids. So currently, I just took on a project where I'm working um, for the local school district, and we are teaching them uh, kids for uh, kindergarten, no, first grade. No, I'm doing kindergarten too, all the way through sixth grade, four days a week at their school. And we do this outdoor social distance. In-person classes are just starting to return to our area here in Sonoma County. So I also teach at the local local Synergy Health Club, which is our big premier health club. I teach adults and students there. Um, I teach at the local birthing and wellness center, which is called the Luma Center. And I also teach at the orthopedic center in town, which is called POST. Um, so I have currently just the kids for my um, live classes, but we're doing online once a week, Kundalini based class. And you can find that on my website, nicole.org And we are now scheduling to return to some outdoor uh, workshops. But everything I've been doing since COVID hit has pretty much been online. And now we're just starting to phase it back in. So I think we're looking at summer for full in-person awesome. classes.
0: Great. And is this like a new movement um, to bring yoga into the schools? Is this more of their like gym activity or what? what's going on out there with the kids and yoga?
1: For the first time ever, April, this is amazing. I remember 20 years ago starting off in yoga and hearing the rhetoric that we will, as yoga teachers, never be accepted into the school system. Our jobs won't become formal. We'll always be recreational and pastime a hobby. And, um, you know, throughout the years, uh, Yoga Alliance and organizations like this have really lobbied and uh, supported to give us a professional identity and to give us insurance and prof- professional um, credentials so that today I find myself for the first time, very impressed to be employed by the school district, right, with federal funding as an employee. And it does not say PE teacher. It says yoga instructor. Wow. So this is groundbreaking for a lot of us teachers out there who think, you know, I know corporate yoga has become a a thing, but that's mostly been the independent contractor pushing their way in. Um, So to be accepted into this um, educational system as not only physical fitness, but you can tell the teachers and the staff see it as um, emotional and wellness support for the children. They actually see it as a little bit extra than PE, right? The song, the music, the little bits of meditation or relaxation that we offer, those are actually seen as um, supportive as well as um, you know, the physical elements of it. So I'm very excited to be uh, groundbreaking this work and I'm encouraging more teachers um, to one, connect with me and two, to um, forge your own paths. It just so happens that the word is now spreading to a second school district in town and we're starting to get calls in from that, um, that school district as well.
0: Yeah, I bet. And just hearing that that this is happening in California gives me hope that it's going to happen in New York. I always feel like California is on the forefront of all of this leading edge stuff, and everything seems to happen in California first, and then eventually New York uh, catches on. So really great to know. And for people who are on the East Coast um, listening to this podcast, definitely reach out to Nicole if you're looking, if your mm-hmm. yoga studio is maybe interested, or you guys want to find out ways to make this happen more. Um, actually not just in the East Coast, but all over, Uh, I bet you Nicole will be a a breath of information here that she could provide you. So her website again. Yeah, I'll
1: tell you, April, we have traveled all over the country with students. Um, We have been up to Detroit, we've been to Arizona, New Mexico, we've been back east to DC. So we have uh, definitely taken a few folks up on their
0: invitations. Okay. Yeah. Wink, wink. Okay. So, uh, we'll travel. <laughs> Yoga with Nicole will travel. So her website again, yogawithnicole.org. dot org. Just remember, it's .org. Like she said, you need a community here, a village, and uh, so wonderful, so wonderful to see you again. And um, really, really, again, loved your presentation at the Sacred Sexual Music Festival. Again, I would like to encourage you guys to go ahead and purchase uh, the replay tickets. Uh, gosh, we had over, I think, twenty-seven presenters. There was music involved. It was so dynamic. You know, we're used to doing some conferences that really are just more academic and educational, and you're going. For from one presentation to the next. But what I absolutely adored about this festival is that like we started with music, there was dance involved, there was the yoga. And then with your yoga class, you had awesome music. I was digging it. Um, so it was broken up in just such a fun way. It flew by. So you get a little bit of everything with the Sacred Sexual mm-hmm. Music Festival. So um, the way that you guys can purchase tickets again is sacredsexualmusicfestival.com. Uh, go ahead and purchase that. And remember you have replays until August, first. So three months unlimited replays that will give you plenty of time to watch and rewatch the presenters and do some yoga with Nicole.
1: Thank you so much for having me today, April. It was a wonderful experience and a shout out to Wendy DeMoss, Paul Carr, certified Kundalini yoga teacher. And thank her once again for that lovely live music we had in our presentation.
0: Yes, yes. And Wendy, for those of you who may not know, is the founder of that festival. And she just has great energy and is really trying to change the world there. So yes, I give her a shout out as well. All right, Nicole, thanks again. And I hope you all enjoyed this podcast and learned something new specifically about Kundalini Yoga. Please reach out to Nicole with any questions, take some of her classes, you will enjoy it. Um, Highly recommend. So take care, everyone. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's podcast. And I'd like to give you a couple of coupon codes before you go. I would first love for you to go to path11tv.com and I'd like you to sign up for your free seven day trial. If you like what we have on there, which I know you will, I would like you to go ahead on checkout and put in the code podcast 30. That's going to give you 30% off of the annual subscription. And uh, the afterlife awareness conference is also giving path 11 podcast listeners $40 off the general admission ticket for the virtual conference this year, you can go to afterlifeconference.com. You can purchase your general admission ticket through Eventbrite and put the code. There's a place in the top left corner. You go ahead and click that coupon code and put in path 40. Again, that's path 40. And that's going to give you $40 off of the general admission ticket. So with the afterlife awareness conference, they are also giving you six months of free replays. So if you cannot make the conference on June 24th through the 27th, that's not a problem. We will give you six months to re-watch that conference at your leisure. So again, two coupon codes, path11tv.com, get 30% off by using podcast30 and afterlifeawarenessconference.com, conference.com. Go ahead and use Path40 to get $40 off your general admission ticket. Thanks everyone. Talk to you soon.